Hey, I'm Paul, and I'm happy to be part of this. Thank you so much for joining us at Mariner's Church. Since the shelter in place, have any of you taken up a new hobby, apart from eating? Uh, people are taking up all kinds of new things uh, since we've been staying at home, such as gardening. Gardening is a big thing right now. Puzzles, you know, the back order on puzzles is like um, a month and a half. And the surprising one that's actually come up is, is, is baking. You go to the store and the, the baking section is completely empty. COVID-19 is not the name of the virus as much as how much weight we have gained at the end of this. This is now my COVID-19. COVID now, when you bake or when you cook, you need stuff, don't you? Uh, stuff you put into it. You put that in and you add that to it and you dump that in. And, and if you get it right, it's good. Unless it's tuna casserole and that's never good. What you add is what you get. And I think that's kind of true about living and it's true about life and it's true about our growth and our development as people. What comes in is kind of what's going to be what you, what you get for us. And it really works, especially if you're a follower of Jesus. And that's what I'd like to spend a few moments talking about. Let's pray together, can we, for a moment? Lord God, thank you that we've been able to worship, and thank you now that we're able to um, hear what your word says to us. And I pray that you would guide my words and Holy Spirit, you would guard our thoughts and guide them too in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we are in a series that we are calling You've Got This, and I think it's just an appropriate uh, uh, a phrase for such a time like this. Um, when people are either anxious or frustrated or mad, you know, we can really say, and God would say to us, listen, you've, you've got this, or all these emotions are coming out, or you're going stir-crazy, actually, God would be saying to us, Listen, you, you, you've got this. The Bible says this, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You got to love this because it's not saying you'll just simply survive this or you'll just simply be able to, to, to cling on by your fingernails to this. It's saying everything you need for life and everything we need for godliness. The kind of life that God would want Actually, he's given us everything we need. And that would mean that he's given us life and godliness for the good and the bad and the shelter in place. And when we thrive and when we struggle and when we're alone, God tells us actually how to find success in this life. He gives us the ingredients we need for success. Now, I was thinking about this whole recipe metaphor, and as I was thinking about it, I thought, man, I, I just don't want it to sound too corny, which means what? It's probably going to start to sound a little corny. But it, it does make sense when you, you think about it. There are ingredients that need to be put into a recipe for success, and there are also things that need to be put into our lives for success, and especially for spiritual growth. The Bible says this, for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, 
and a brotherly kindness, love. Now, you could say, well, that's a nice list you've got there. Two cups of faith, a quarter cup of goodness, a quarter knowledge, a little perseverance, and just a touch of love, and it all sounds nice and sweet. But he says in verse 5, he tells us in verse 5, make every effort to add. Every effort is is a great word, actually, in the original language. And here is where we're going to lose our, our food analogy. Every effort means you go at it. You go at it with everything you've got. You go at it strong. Have you seen the, 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 the film Free Solo yet? It's about a guy who climbs El Capitan by himself with no ropes. Just a guy, you know, by himself climbing 3,200 feet up a, up a rock. And when you're done watching, you're covered in, in sweat. And, and, and you, you, you watch him do a handhold here and a, and, a, and, a, and a toehold there, and then he wedges himself in rocks, and he's, he's moving up this 3,200-foot cliff. He is using every effort because he knows one bad move, one bad move, and that's it. He knows it. And so he's giving, and this would be the word we would find in the Bible, he's giving every effort, every effort. This isn't a cake we're making when we're talking about our lives, our spiritual growth. It's, it's life. And, and he's saying, look, this is how to live it. These are the ingredients for life and for godliness. Life is, is, is very complicated. And there are people counting on you to add these to your life. They're depending upon you to have these added to their lives. Life and godliness. Let's let's take a look at the list, okay? He says this, add to your faith goodness and add to your goodness knowledge and add to knowledge self-control and add to self-control perseverance. Add to your perseverance godliness and add to godliness brotherly kindness and add to brotherly kindness love. Let's, Let's look at these because they are ingredients. For life. He talks first of all about faith. He mentions that word. And, and we know what faith is. It's what it may be what drew you to this. You are looking for a faith. And as a result, you you, you, you keyed in a church and, and, and here you are. Um, it might be something in you that's saying, I know there's a God and I want to know him more. That's faith drawing you there. Or it may be some of you, it's a step more. There's something about Jesus that you have embraced. Or in this case, as Peter is talking about it in the Bible, actually the faith is a full acceptance that through Jesus, I have eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, I have eternal life and a relationship with God himself because my sins were forgiven on the cross and because of Jesus' death and my trust in that. I have a relationship. That's my faith. And what he's saying is, this is where you start. You start at this point. But then you add things to it. You start to add. Second, it says, you add to your faith, you add goodness. Now, goodness, really what it means, it's putting energy into living this faith out. Putting energy, strength, into living, living it out making good choices and what I think about and what I, what I watch and how I treat people 
on my street or in my house. It's my attitude about my job. It's my attitude about the authority that God has placed over me. It's about my temperament, which affects everyone around me. What it's saying is, you make right choices. Take your faith and add to it now the striving to live a good life. You, you put onto that knowledge. Knowledge is not reading Wikipedia or just simply taking online courses. It would be an understanding of how God is working in this thing called life. My life and this whole big picture of life. It's how Jesus is working in my world and how Jesus is working in my life. The Bible says this, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Big words here, but what it's saying is this. When you see circumstances and situations, you look behind it at what God is doing in all of this. As I was typing um, um, this up, I got word that someone's, someone's daughter, it was an email sent to me, and it says, would you pray for my husband? His, his daughter was found this morning unresponsive, and they couldn't revive her. And I thought, oh, God, you know, how do you handle that? I mean, I mean, how do, you, how do you deal with that situation? Real life people. How do you handle that? Knowledge. Now, I'm not, again, talking about understanding knowledge and, and all of that. I'm under, we're talking about now knowledge about how God has placed in our lives grief and the ability to grieve and where we can find strength and where we can begin to understand over time purpose, and where we can understand and feel his presence. It's knowledge of who he is, who God is in times like this. It's knowledge of where he is in times like this. How this applies to me now. How do you get this knowledge Boy, you start with Scripture, you start with reading the Bible. If you need to know where to start, just text me or email me and let me know, and I'll, I'll shoot you some information. I always recommend life groups, people that are growing along with you to help you understand, put into practice, put into play those things and the truths about God into your life. Knowledge. To your knowledge, he would say, as you grow in knowledge, add, add to that self-control. Now, we all kind of know what that word means, self, self-control. Knowledge, in fact, and self-control go, go together. The more I understand God is in control, the more I respond correctly when things seem to get out of hand. Um, any of you remember Armor All? Well, you don't have to remember it. It still exists. And when you're a teenager and if you own your own car, 
Um, Armor All is your best friend, by the way. Um, Armor All is this great thing. You put it on your dash and you put it on your seats. In fact, we had it as teenagers, we called it an Armor All seat. When you get in, you sit down, you just kind of slide down. It's a preservative. It keeps things looking nice and, and shiny and all that. And I wanted to keep on my car. I want it to look, you know, awesome. You know, I want it to look wonderful all the time. So I'd, I'd Armor All it every couple hours, you know, actually every few weeks. And I had a friend, and he asked me if I could give him a ride home, and I did. As he got out of the car, he had actually placed a Bic pen in his back pocket with a cap off and the point up. And when he got out of the car, I realized my beautifully armor-alled seats had a hole in them. Popped a hole in the seat. My pristine car was now ruined. And, 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 and I know my blood pressure was beginning to climb, you know, to some insane number. Self-control. Help me from not killing my friend. Why? Because I had to come to the knowledge and the conclusion, God's in control of my car. God knew this was going to happen. That's knowledge. And if God wanted to have a hole in my, the seat of my car, he could do that. Self-control is understanding and letting God do what God would want to do. And then he would say, add, add to, to your self-control perseverance. I, I, I was on a Zoom call today and I, I, yeah, with people, and I said, hey, you know, good morning, how are you? And, and their response was, happy Blur's Day. It's like, Blur's Day? And it's like, yeah, Blur's Day. Every day is now a what? A blur. <laughs> They're all the same. Every day seems to be, to be the same. Perseverance is the ability to endure Blur's days, every blur's day, to continue in a faith in what God is doing, no matter if the day is great or whether matter if the day is not so great. It means keep going, not stopping, not quitting when you're when you're even if you're discouraged. And then he would say to perseverance, add godliness. Don't be afraid of that word. I mean, the word godliness sounds godly. And it means simply this. And this is what we put into our lives. It's living the way God wants me to live. Godliness. Godliness is submission to God. Submitting to God every day. Submitting to God day after day. Submitting to God. Saying, God, what you want. Is what I, I will do. It's letting God work in my life. Great, great illustration um, in the book, How People Grow. Um, therapists Henry Cloud and John Townsend, they share a situation in therapy where about a married couple who had problems. I mean, they were struggling. They were followers of Christ, but their marriage it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't working out right, and, and, and they were at it. And, and, and I'm going to read what, what they write because it's really good and it'll help you understand the nuance of godliness in your life. It may even help some of you couples. They write, in one of our first meetings, after I had gotten a picture of how bad things really were, I said, it's time to get honest. I do not think there's enough love between the two of you to make your relationship work. They both look stunned, but they both 
finally nodded. Then I said, there's not enough love between the two of you to make it work. But I do think that you both love God. He said, you're willing to walk out on each other, but I don't think that either one of you is willing to walk out on God. Is that true? Are you still committed to God, even if not each other? Well, of course, they said. He said, I think that's true as well. And because that's true, I believe that to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul is to obey him and to make the changes he wants you to make inside yourselves. I promise you this, although I don't think you can make these changes for each other, listen to this, as you do not love each other enough, I do think you can make them for God. If you do what God wants you to do for him, then you will find each other again. And your marriage will be good. But it will have to be an obedient act of faith. You will have to let God be the boss and do what he says. Godliness. He goes on to say to godliness... You add brotherly kindness. Your godliness touches you. It touches your life. You think as God thinks about people, and all of a sudden, people become people to you. And then to that, he says, you add to your brotherly kindness, you add love. And yes, this is the self-sacrificing kind of love. The ingredients are there for life, for life and godliness, everything we need. And, and, and so we, we have these ingredients for success. They're right, they're right there. And, and what happens when I, when I push for these? What happens when I press on for these? It says if you keep growing in this way, it will show that what you know about our Lord Jesus Christ has made your life useful and meaningful. Purpose, right there. Uh, what happens if I don't? I mean, what happens if I, if I don't do these? He says, but those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted. They're blind. They're forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. We know we're not growing if we keep forgetting that God has forgiven us. We know we're not growing if we're feeling guilty all the time, that God's going to somehow come back and get after me. It means my growth isn't good. I'm not putting the right ingredients into my life. We know we're not growing. We know we're not growing when we forget that it's over and done with, that Jesus paid for it all on the cross. We know we're not growing if we feel condemned by God. If we have doubts about God's love and forgiveness. 
When I was in college, I, I, I went to Pismo Beach, and, and Pismo Beach has sand dunes. I love sand dunes. I just, I just love sand dunes. I don't know what's about sand dunes that I love, but, but I, it brings out the kid in me, okay? I love to climb up to the top and run as fast as I can and jump and see. You kind of feel like you're flying and you land, you're, you tumble, and, and, and then you, you, you get up and, and you, you, you do it all over again, and you do it again, and you do it again. And, and, and if you've ever tried to run up a sand dune, um, you know you what? you got to keep going, and you've got to keep going hard, and you've got to keep going with all you've got to get to the top. Um, you need to keep pumping your arms, and you need to keep pumping your legs, boom, boom, boom. You've got to keep going, or what? You slide back. You slide back. In fact, you may end up sliding back to further than when you even started if you don't keep going. And, and I remember as I was pumping my legs and, and trying to get up to the top of the sand dune, I remember thinking, this is a lot like my, my walk with God, my spiritual life, my spiritual growth. This is a lot like that. If I don't try, I get nowhere. In fact, there's no standing still in your spiritual life in trying to grow with God. There's no standing still. If you stand still, you'll just simply begin to slide, slide, slide. Either I'm moving ahead with God or I'm moving back. You've got to keep going. And God says here, here you go. Here are the ingredients for real life. So keep going. And now maybe for, for some of you, Maybe some of you, for the first time, are aware, you know, I got to grow. I got to grow. It's great to grow. You get life. And you will begin to see there are people that are counting on me to grow. My friends and my family and those people in my, my home, those people that know me. Maybe the first time you're saying, I got to grow. Or, or maybe you've just been standing and you know you're, you're sliding back. You one time were striving to get to the top, but you just kind of felt like you're getting tired and you just kind of let yourself slide back. Just take one step up and then another and, and then another. Because our God says, I will be with you every step that you take. I'm going to invite you right now, wherever you are, just take a second and pray with me, would you please? This would be a time when maybe God would be speaking to you and to your heart. And you may want to bow your head and close your eyes. A couple questions. you standing still. Are you standing still? I, I, I believe there's no standing still in spiritual growth. You're either moving ahead or you're sliding back. God would say, take a step with me. You're hearing this today. You're feeling what you're feeling today. Because God wants you to grow. There are so many people that are counting on you to be fully you through this. Maybe you're running. Maybe you are running. God bless you for that. May God give you the strength and endurance to keep going. 
And as you keep going, may God touch you with the joy and the fulfillment of life. You would see his purpose. You would see his ways. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, boy, everything that's here, I'd I'd love to have for me, but I've never, ever even started the faith thing. For you, maybe this morning you're saying, I want a closeness with God. And I can tell you what comes through Jesus Christ. Who says, come to me if you're tired and you'll find rest here. God makes it easy to come to him through his son, through your faith. Believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He was punished for your sins so you don't have to be punished. And right now your prayer may be, Jesus, I believe that. This is where my faith, my faith journey begins today. Right here, right now. God, thank you. You love us, you care about us, and you will help us every step of the way. And we praise you in Jesus' name.